episode 69 of No Guitar is Safe featuring the stupendously soulful and funky Kirk Fletcher is brought to you by Guitar Player Magazine and GuitarPlayer.com. Guitar Player, play better, sound better. No Guitar is Safe. in the house. Fletcher in the house, dude. Thanks so much for coming by. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure to be here. I know you're out here for tough reasons, man. Yeah. Uh, your father passed away. My father and, passed away. And he was 86, right? He was 86 years old. And I always wanted to hear more about him. Um, yeah. Maybe you could just tell us a little bit. Can you go back to Arkansas for a second and tell me about your great father? Well, my father and mom, my mother and father were both from Arkansas. And they met. And um, actually... My father um, knew my mom when she was young, and then, like, you know, he went to the war and everything and came back, and they courted and got married, and then... In Vietnam, or? In a Korean War. Korean War. Yeah. Okay. So, um, that's kind of how they got together, and then he got 
he went into the ministry uh, in like probably like the mid to late sixties. Then I was born in nineteen seventy five. So right. so he had you a little like in his thirties yeah. or. 40, 40, 40. He was actually 44. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I have two older brothers. Math isn't my strong thing. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> so you got two older brothers. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, my oldest brother is the one who got me started playing. Yeah. But, yeah, my dad was, you know, he's old school. He's like a man's man, you know. I mean, he had already lived like six lives before I ever even came along. You know? Now, you know why? There's only one reason I got you here today, other than to hear about your great father, <laughs> is that... I think you have the record right now for showing me the coolest lick that I've learned in recent oh. years. Like, you know, like, what's the coolest lick you've learned most recently? I'm going to say it's the one that I stole from you oh. two years ago or whatever it was. I'm sure you remember it. Blues and B-flat. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, wait for it. What that thing, man? Can, can you play me some of that that stuff? Real I don't quick? even remember that. I, well, you yeah. know what I mean. You were you got you had this thing. Yeah. All right. And the reason I interrupted for that lick is because I think you said that you learned that in your dad's church from the steel player or something. Yeah, I I heard just this uh, something somewhere. Yeah, I heard like a steel player, and I just because like, they often yeah. have the six on the top of their yeah. tuning. For those at home, we're starting with kind of like a. You would think it would be like a D flat minor triad at the twelfth position. But it's really kind of a sixth thing, I think. Yeah. And you're just sliding it like that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, was there a steel player in your church who you just kind no, of... No. You know, we would often fellowship. Our church would fellowship yeah. with other people, other churches and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you would get these, like, maybe four different churches to come together. And that's yeah. when all the fun started because uh-huh. you would hear everybody's you know different take on you know gospel music awesome okay i just had to get a little shot of that (laughs) so tell me about this so your dad gets back from the war and he decides to join the ministry and come out to la what what happens well you know he my father often said that there was like a calling on his life you know he just you know he went through the war he made it through the war he tried to you know like go out there and be like this you know guy in the world without religion or whatever for him you know i mean and he just was called he just you know decided to do something good for people and help them and build a church and he done it for all the right reasons you know he wasn't a money-making thing or anything and he just continued to do that you know he 
Actually, when I came along, we were living in Lakewood, California. It's a nice suburb of L.A., you know, and everything. And there was somewhere along the way that he decided, you know, we're living in this beautiful house and everything. And then, you know, the the Lord's house is, you know, like shabby in Compton and is looking bad and everything. So he decided to sell that house and build a better church. So we moved to Compton. So that's wow. where it started with me going, uh, uh, you know, living in Compton when I was about yeah. 13 or so. Yeah. Right, right. So, Culture shock. I bet. <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> What was it like for you? And yeah, oh, it was crazy, you know, because I, you know, rode my bike and went outside and everything like that. And this was in the like Late height 80s. of like, yeah, this is the height of like NWA. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had my guitar, so I was happy. And some things never. Did you changed. see Cube ever run into him? You know, I actually they would do like music videos and stuff, and you oh, yeah? would see them kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you know, too, when you get a little older in the studio scene, oh, you know. NWA was here or whatever when you're, you know, right. doing little hip hop sessions or whatever. Right, right. Now, so did your dad have anything like, what did he say? Did he have any like yep. things that he would say? <laughs> he had a the, lot to say about that. <laughs> like in the, on, when he was doing his pastoring, did he uh, yeah. have any like catchphrases or anything that you always liked that he said? Oh, you know what? One thing that my dad said was like, you know, I love you and there ain't nothing you can do about it. I used to love that phrase. It's just so simple. It just, it's nothing you can do about it. I love you. Like saying I have, you know, love for you unconditional. And that's really cool, I think. I think that's great. I'm, <laughs> I'm taking that too. About it. <laughs> that's what we, everyone should have that attitude. Yeah, I think so. So is that where you started playing guitar in Absolutely. the church? My brother, my oldest brother, who's passed away a couple of years ago too, oh, um, started me uh, out playing guitar and you know holding the guitar but you know i thought like i said about my dad there was maybe a calling of my life to do something i really believe and i know this may sound weird but i really do think i was a guitar player even before i could remember you know because i just loved it i would always go to music i would even before i knew how to play i didn't care about even learning i just want to hold the guitar and be around it and figure out how pedals work and it was the early 80s so you know everything was available pedals and magazines and videos oh yeah it's fantastic yeah you're holding a fender strat here (laughs) oh yeah i know you love telecasters too i got you playing through the boss katana 50 today which uh it's nice of them to provide for this podcast. Oh, yeah. Those are my friends. Yeah. And it's funny you should talk about just how, the guitar has evolved to be something that just fits us humans so perfectly. I, know, I can I just know. see you as a kid like, just wanting to hold it. Yeah. I think personally the Stratocaster is the best ergonomic. It just fits. Yeah, it just fits. I mean, they really got it right in the 50s, yeah. early to mid 50s. Something about it, man. So, uh, yeah, it looks very comfortable in your hands. Well, thank you. Now, you were telling me before I turned the mics on that little guitar body has a story to it oh yeah well you know i had a in high school um i had a stevie ray vaughn signature model you know like a lot of my friends josh smith and a lot of people and um this body came from me working at music works you know hanging out there at this music store in redondo beach i'm sure everybody's heard about me and music Works story but uh Uh, maybe not well there's this guy jim foot in uh lawndale california and um, he has this uh, shop called Music Works. And, um, you know, it, it's like this Music Works family. I mean, you go there, you hang out, you're a kid, 
you know, and he puts you to work if you want something. You know, you got to work it off, you know. So, basically, this body, I saw it up there unfinished on the rack. And I wanted another strat because you can never have too many strats. <laughs> so, I sanded the body and wow. everything. And he sprayed it and I wet sanded it and done all that. And I played this guitar all through after high school and, like, top 40 hip-hop gospel bands. And what funk. kind of work did he make you do to earn it? <laughs> well, I had to clean up the store. And, and this place was where, you know, also like Robin Ford was getting work done there. And also uh, Lenny Kravitz Tech is a Music Works family person, Jeff Rivera. All these guys were hanging around. So a lot of people would come through there, you know, professional musicians. So yeah. this place totally turned my whole head around when it came to being able to make a living playing music because I was right out of the church, you know, and you know, you have a day job, you know, at that time. Yeah. You know? So it was very important. And, and you got, life. you started like going to some Robin Ford gigs and helping oh, yeah. out, doing some tech in and just kind of being tech, around. His tech, Jeff Rivera, is part of the family too. So I would go with him and help out, you know, lift gear and stuff and be a fly on the wall. Yeah. You know, and it was fantastic. It was invaluable. I can never say that enough. Man, to hear like Robin and Roscoe Beck and Tom Brickline on like uh, sessions and, you know, hashing out tunes and rehearsing. I mean, they didn't really rehearse much. They were just the level of musicianship was so right. high. It's like you talk about it yeah. and you figure out kind of where you want to go. And they were playing so many gigs at that time. So it was incredible. What was uh, one of the first real cool church guitar parts that you learned um i mean once i learned how to do this uh right you know that doesn't sound like much but if you put a little rhythm with it probably still won't sound like much. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh let's do c kind of in tune That once I, that opened up a whole, you know, just Dude, playing different ways of playing the same thing. Well, I mean, know? it's the simple shape. Yeah. Which. But you're muting certain notes at some. But the bounce, the bounce you have, man, it's just bouncing. Well, I, I mean, it. you do the same thing over and over. Again. Play some more of that. That's really like that's really yeah. quartet, you know, music gospel quartet like the Dixie Hummingbirds, Mighty Clouds of Joy. But I used to play that in like the Church of God in Christ church stuff, and then you got like all that kind of, you know, like it's nobody all, can resist that music. It feels so good. Play some more of that. I mean, it's almost like you know. One, two, four. It's that same kind of thing. Yeah. Like Nile Rodgers done, you kind of like only playing a couple yeah. notes. Play that, that, that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of. Oh, man, that's the feel-good music. That's the yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and I, I came from that, you know, so blues yeah. was only a natural you know, it was only natural to go into blues, yeah. you know, because I, 
I like that really old kind of stuff. I always was kind of, yeah. my mom used to always say like I had, you know, I was like an old soul, I guess, you know. No doubt. And I just, all of that stuff just got me going. But also too, you know, like Eddie Van Halen and I could hear like, this thing, even in Van Halen, you know, growing up hearing those <laughs> records, you know. I know it's totally no, off the subject, sorry. But, no, not at all. But, I you was, know, when you hear Eddie and Alex play together and that kind of swing to, like, their playing, I was like, damn, isn't this that amazing? is like church. This is like their ver- I mean. I'm just laughing because Jay Gore, you know Jay Gore? Yeah, of course. He yeah. was on the show recently. I love Jay. Jay's yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah. And he said that, he's listened to a few of these, uh, he's like, Eddie Van Halen comes up on every one of your podcasts. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even, that came out of left field. Hey, well, it'll definitely, <laughs> hey man, Eddie Van Halen, I mean, that uh, California boy born and raised, I mean, he was so important you know, for me. And I I mean, the first thing I heard was like hot for teachers. So I had to go back and get, you right. know, Van Halen one, you know. Well, I mean, your blues playing is so phenomenal. Let's take a, a little quick peek at one of your new tracks, your new album. <laughs> Looking like it's going to be self-titled. It's going to be called Kirk yeah, Fletcher. Yeah, Kirk Fletcher. You said it's coming out maybe... Later this year sometime, maybe more towards the summer. But I know that you're mastering stuff right yeah. now. Yeah. You're being such a bro because you're letting us <laughs> listen to a couple sneak peeks, unmastered even. Yeah. But it, they, it sounds like it's mastered. I had no idea oh, it wasn't even mastered. I guess that's Alan Hurts. Alan Hurts mixing it. it. Alan Hurts. Yeah, good job on that because I had no idea that these were the unmastered <laughs> tracks. And we're just going to give us a sneak peek. I got a right to sing the blues. <laughs> you're singing a lot. What's your, what are you playing through? I'm playing a Mulan um, Thin Line Tilly with two humbuckers in it. You know, Sweet. Mulan, the Korean yeah. company. Through a um, little tweed, um, a kind of a repro made by 633 amps. It's like a tweed pro, basically, with 112. And the amp is just like sitting right here next to me. So I can get a whole like feedback and everything. You got like on a table next to you. Sort yeah, of? yeah, yeah, like a little cheer, you know. Yeah. And I've done that on purpose so I could just get feedback on any note, you know. Is it a First one, one by twelve or something? Yeah, with a gold in it. Show us, show us this away. <laughs> that's Chris Kane. That's a Chris Kane type of oh, thing. Oh yeah, that's Chris. I, I just couldn't play it as good as he could, so I had to come up with my own thing. Oh yeah, he's great. So how? how where do you fret that one? Well, it's in the like the BB King um, yeah. bog. So you're at that eight, eighth position. <laughs> I love it. That reminds. I have only one. Where? Where's, where's, which one do I have? That reminds me of. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so together, three and a four and. Now we're noodling. That's so cool. Now it sounds like Guitar Center on a Saturday morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was there back in the day. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. great tone. Is that Was that the main rig, main amp for the That the was record? the only amp I used, and I just used two different Tele-style guitars. A Rudders, Mark yeah. Rudders, who's out in San Diego. I used a, a, a like a two-piece maple neck roasted, 
and like Ron Ellis pickups, and it's an alder body. So it's all it's yeah. like really chimey and it was just fantastic. And then that Mulan, which was great too. I mean, it has some like three thirty five qualities to it a little bit. And I just chose to just do it really simple, you know, and just a little reverb and that, you know, print it reverb right to, you know. Yeah, there's so much good tones on that record. You also oh, have this you. great band. It's just a duo. Is it kind of like an organ yeah, trio? Yeah, it's organ trio. It's actually Johnny Henderson from the UK who plays with Matt Schofield and his drummer, Matt Brown. Yeah, it sounds killer. Maybe we'll listen to a little piece of something with some organ on it. Yeah. got a big b3 solo on it right yeah, later for people yeah yeah for people who uh, want to get their shot of that again yeah. you get away for the record people coming out <laughs> and then the two steps forward i guess is the main dealio too yeah that one's kind of <laughs> that one's a huge moment now that one's almost kind of like a rock song yeah i had to rock out a little Now this one, who's the great guest singer after the That's chorus? Mahalia Barnes. Dang. People dying every day. Nobody's guilty and nobody pays. No, no. How can this go on? How can this go on? Jimmy Barnes' uh, daughter, she's a fantastic singer who sings with Joe Bonamassa. And uh, yeah, just a really close friend of mine, and oh, her cool. and her husband are fantastic, you know. And they're and, where they live out in here, Australia, actually. Australia? Yeah, they're from this Australia. This is crazy. You're in Switzerland yeah. now, and and I recorded in the UK. Recorded in the UK, and she's in Australia. <laughs> well, this might be a good moment for you to explain. So, I mean, when I met you, yeah, you were still in LA, yeah. of course. I think you were in like Culver City area yep. or something. Mm-hmm. And that was probably seven years ago yeah. or something. Yeah. And then tell us how you ended up in Switzerland. Well, it's a woman. <laughs> it's, it's all about a woman. It's you know, a woman. Well, you know, I was actually playing there a lot already before I moved. My daughter at that time was going to um, college out of state. And I figured I'll come back a lot. But yeah, I decided to move there with her, with my girlfriend and play music and yeah. Not be homeless, right? And not be homeless. <laughs> Guitar player joke. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, so that's cool. So you're, you're yeah. kicking it out in near Zurich? Close to Zurich, yeah. And what's it like being out there? I mean, first of all, there's, a couple, there's like a winter thing there, right? Yeah, it's really cold <laughs> most of the time. I catch yeah. the train a lot. If I'm lucky, I can even take the train to my gigs, you know, in like Germany or wherever. Or that's cool. Italy, you know. I see your tour schedule coming up for the summer and stuff pass. And yeah, you're going everywhere, all over Europe and stuff. And then. Yeah, last year was pretty busy too. I've done Australia, South America, and Japan, and a lot of places. That's I so want to get back to Japan though. Japan is so great, isn't it? <laughs> I love it. I love Japan. If you do a lot of traveling, you're kind of like another big city after another. You know, I know it's going to be a good city. Yeah. Then you go to Tokyo or something, you're just like. Wow, this is a great city. And I never have enough time there, so it's like, you know, I have to try and cram everything in, you know, go to the fish market and go to the Tower Records. <laughs> have you ever been 
to the electronics market there. It's no, so crazy, I man. I haven't. It's, I haven't had enough time to go. If you walk through there and there's just all these merchants and it's yeah. kind of like a farmer's market, yeah. but it's for, and they just, it's amazing. Like I, I'm not really a, a builder, but yeah. there'll be like one guy with 10,000 little LEDs, just yeah. bins full of another guy's got all the resistors and capacitors. And it's crazy. It's like riches. Yeah. Except for I don't know what to do with them, but. Yeah, and me neither. <laughs> yeah. So you got, I think you got Argentina coming up or something, right? Yeah, that's coming up in um, the first part of October. It's so cool that all these markets support blues and whatever. Yeah, it's fantastic. We just got to make even more. We got to go to China. <laughs> yeah. I think so I, big. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's a Got to work on the Asian market. I think that's happening. Maybe yeah. more and more of that. As long as the president doesn't put tariffs on the blues... <laughs> I think we'll be all right. <laughs> well, that's a recent events joke. That's a whole. That's a whole other story, right there, Jude. <laughs> I know, we're not even trying to go there. I, I have no. I'm not qualified, but I am hopeful that you know. I know a few Chinese artists and producers, and they're mm. always reaching out to Americans to collaborate on stuff. Hey. But hopefully, more and more of that will bring more artists over there because that yeah. is like huge territory. I know. It's like we gotta go. Gotta make it happen. Woohoo. The last time I think I saw you might have been when you were on stage at the Greek Theater in LA oh, with yeah, Joe right. Bonamassa yeah. and his kind of like blues review with the yeah. horns and everything, horn section, Ron Jubla. Vacation time gig. <laughs> Vacation time gig? Oh, I always tease Joe about that gig. It's like, man, I'm just like I'm on vacation on this gig. The music is stuff, you know, I've played all my life. You treat it really well, and you get to hang out with a friend. Eat. You know, you get to hang out with a friend. So, yeah, yeah. What you guys more could have, you ask for? <laughs> yeah, he would give you a couple of good solos too, which is yeah, great. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I was, you know, hired to play rhythm guitar. So I was completely cool with just playing rhythm guitar. But hey, oh, like, yeah. Man, you got to have a couple solos. And I'm like, okay, I'll take a couple. <laughs> well, that's what I love about your solos is there's so much groove in them. You know, oh, like, thank you. They don't, I, you know, every great lead guitar player usually is got a lot of pocket yeah you know, whether it's you know you or george benson or eddie van halen eddie van there's halen. always you know whoever <laughs> jeff beck, jeff beck yeah. yeah mike landau landau we gotta ask i gotta ask you about him but first of all what what have you what's your takeaway from knowing joe bonamassa so well this is one of the most successful guitarists on the planet really what's my take like, um what have you learned knowing, from him or what inspiration he do you has take been from him? very inspiring as far as um going your own way making your own path and not settling for, you know, what everybody else wants you to believe because it's, uh, you know, musicians, there's always this thing of musicians, you know, we want to play. We love to play. We would play for free if we could. And this other person that knows that. So, right. you know, and then we're in these times now where it's like, you know, oh, we don't have any money. So you just have to play and do whatever to try and make a living, you know. And it's like somebody said, hey, wait a minute. There's a big world out there, you know. Yeah. And we can approach this a different way. So that's one of the biggest things, the inspiration for that. And seeing how hard he works and how he has, you know, he's just such, he's like the modern day James Brown of blues rock music <laughs> you know he's a hard worker yeah, Joe's all is. about it guitars when he steps off that stage his whole world it's about guitar and that's just inspiring you know because i'm not yep. that person i'm not i'm like you know guitars are fantastic and everything but i like coffee <laughs> i like to play records and stuff too i'm more of a you know i like yeah. i think i like listening to music as much as i like playing music and that's really? kind of different 
that kind of sounds weird to some people, you know. Interesting. I mean, like, I'm a fan of sitting down, and I like to just be, you know, totally taken away by music. I'll play a record and go, oh, my God, this is the most amazing thing ever. And I'm humbled by it. You know, it's like. What are you listening to lately? Something? The Carpenters. Really? (laughs) Oh, seriously. Like (laughs) Close to you. The whole record. Diving deep, going on whole records. Sharon Carpenter is like the drummer a lot of time, right? Yeah. She's amazing. Amazing. And for me, like trying to find my own voice as a singer, you know, and hearing somebody deliver a song in such a pure and beautiful (laughs) way is just inspiring. And I think that's what started it. I know. Isn't it amazing? Like, I mean, they're like kind of like a pop band in some ways, right? Yeah. And it is, yeah, it's funny. Even some of the bluesiest cats, like, we'll be in, have our little. Oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> well, you know what's crazy is, like, a lot of those blues cats, like, Muddy and a lot of guys were into, like, country music. Oh, like, yeah. old time country music because they hear, like, the similarities and the, you know, subject matter and stuff. I listen I to a lot song. of country music, too, actually. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's the old school country music is right on. You listen to Merle Haggard, yeah. and he'll definitely tell you where it's at. It's funny. Yeah, that's true. That's a real deal. It's like, you know. I love that stuff. Yeah, it's funny. And back to Jay Gore for a second, but he called Jay me up there. He sent me a little video. He's like, he's like rocking out to an ABBA tune. Like, oh, yeah. What's that song? Oh, yeah. Cool. And it's like something about it. It's like, it's like pop music, but it's so satisfying. The harmony, yeah. the vocal harmonies cool. are that's... so pure. And the way the voices aligned together yeah it's just money you know and i mean for me you know like i know a lot of my friends are rockers and it's like man it's easy listening you know it's like soft i'm like it's okay to be soft sometimes it's okay to not listen to what you play sometimes again like one of my favorite artists is Joni mitchell do I play anything like that style of music or anything? But you know what? It's in there. Yeah. It's like the way she tells a story. Even my phrasing sometimes I'll think about her melody and, you know, the way she sings and her subject matter. It'll just be an influence in a way, you know. Somehow right. it seeps in there, you know. Totally. Yeah, you you've got some I mean, I hesitate to call you a blues artist because you do so much <laughs> more, you know, you do everything. I you know, I mean, I'm no good at playing jazz or anything like that. And I'm comfortable in my own skin to just do what I do. Right. And that took till a few years ago <laughs> except <Yeah>. that, you know. <laughs> I just do what I do. I mean in LA they got the Swiss Army knife players that can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, you know. It's true. Now speaking of one of those guys. Michael Landau, you've done a lot of gigs with him. Like oh, it's so cool buddy. that you know, for anyone yeah. who's not seen Michael Landau, he is the he's the Gandalf. He is the yeah. California's version of Jeff Beck meets Jimi <laughs> Hendrix or something. Like <laughs> I, know. I love the way he, what he does and got some beautiful harmony going in there too. Oh yeah. yeah it's, so how did you end up playing with him and what's it like doing gigs with Landau, man? Well, I met Landau. I know this sounds weird, and I just said this maybe you know six months ago or something. I met Landau through Alexander Dumble, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's kind of this music works thing again. You know, like Dumble through friends like maybe um, Drew Berlin. You know, the uh, Vintage guy used to work at Guitar Center, the Burst Brothers. Um, I think there was some kind of way, I might not be all the way correct on this, but some kind of way they met. And then I met him through Music Works once again. And... um, 
Dumble brought Sonny Lander from Mike Landau to my gig at Cozy's years ago. Wow. And I'm sitting there, you know, I can't sing. I got just this thrown together band <laughs> and everything. And in walks these guys. I'm like, oh, my God. This is ridiculous. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure, right? <laughs> Two of my favorite guitar players of all time. So that's, and we just became fast friends, like, immediately. It was just, you know, because I don't know. I think guitar players, they can kind of hear a little bit of themselves and players are, they may approach things the same way. And me and Mike Landau are so different, you know, is regarding yeah. players. Right. But... I listened to Mike in clubs and stuff a lot growing up when I was like 19, 20. I would go to the Mint or go to the Baked Potato when it was on uh, Sunset and go check out, you know, him play. So, it's in there. No so, Landau is definitely in my yeah. plan, you know. And then I had the whole blues, traditional blues thing. And he's a big fan of, like, the T-Birds and stuff. And I was actually playing with the Fabulous Thunderbirds when we met. So, it's just this oh, whole right. thing, you know. So, you're playing with Jimmy Vaughn? No, oh, actually, were, he was all, he was gone. Like right, right. Yeah. It's, it's all coming back to me. Yeah, but yeah. Well, that's it, a great replacement if they got you. <laughs> no, well, there was like maybe ten. I mean, well, not there was maybe like six other guys before me. So I was, you know, one yeah. of them. Any, but hey, it was still fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then our love for Jimi Hendrix too. You know, I mean that. You and Lando, yeah. Oh, and then just being California guys, too, you know, just yeah. speaking the same language in a way, you know. I'm sure it would be the same way, two Florida guys or two Nashville guys or two New York guys. Yeah, there's something about you guys, though. <laughs> what, what was those gigs like? I remember you uh, did went up to San Francisco and yeah. did a couple, you know, we, I think we helped you guys promote that mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. doing some cool stuff. It was fantastic. I mean, it's always... Yeah. Because it's always known that it's no competition. It's almost like not even playing with another guitar player when I play with Mike because it's such a, almost like an experience more than it's like <laughs> playing guitar. You know, he never yeah. says anything about, you know, like, oh, this is a E flat over this chord or anything. I mean, he just says, hey, play A minor here, play A major, you know, or right. something. So I totally never feel like, outclass even though i am i mean i never feel like that you say that but you play them the juicy chords like this oh is that's like, robin ford i know what you're about to play <laughs> what was that one you showed <laughs> it's like the turnaround the yeah. turnaround is yeah yeah i love i love those two. yeah well yeah. you know that reminds me, Stevie, Steve Ray Vaughan would do that. that yeah, one. move it up. Yeah. Let's play something. Sure. So like a little, little something. What are, what are you feeling? And yeah. There we go. <laughs> nice. I, I don't know. What do you? You know, I never um, play much uh, minor. I wrote a song on the new record that I play minor. You know, but I I never do that, and I love minor. I love that tune. You know, I got it right. I got it right. (laughs) So are you in a minor phase lately, kind of? (laughs) Sorry. The other key. (laughs) Because I think you did it in G minor on the record, so. You want to do it? No, no, that's just, I'm just making the excuse for why I started in G. Yeah, it's my mistake. Step in that bucket. Yeah, I put it on you. 
play one. A minor is the saddest of all keys, though. I, I don't think I don't think D minor is. I I disagree with Spinal Tap. I think. Let's go back to the saddest of all keys. Totally. solo after you. <laughs> That's in the that last is few years. So I'm, cool. I want that note. Like any wrong note becomes the right note if you bend it. <laughs> you can take nice. any, you know. That's cool. I never even thought. Up to the yeah. I'm stealing so much effort from you. Oh, I never even thought to do that. 
Oh wow. yeah, because then, then you get underneath the note. Otherwise, you can only go sharp. But now you can get up to it like a like a singer. That's got to be kind of country too, wow, right? Oh yeah. Oh, that's got a cool tone. I like that. Yeah, that's. Did not you a... split the bridge pickup, or did you? Is it just full throttle? Oh yeah. So this guitar is a sir kind of Telecaster style, and I was talking to my buddy Barry Pointer, and and I was you know just to have more of a rock oh, yeah. and bridge pickup, I put in this this uh, Duncan Little Fifty Nine, yeah. which fits right in there, and you know sounds really it's really rock and pickup, but it, yeah. it doesn't have all the sparkle. But yeah. If you if you're doing a wide range of stuff and you need to get like some yeah. hard rock sounds out of the guitar. Then you can do that, but it's still a little bit darker than a telly would be. I got a question for you. Yeah, <laughs> I got a question for you. Um, oh shit! Like, so are you more of a person that would have more of a brighter guitar and use pedals to get different things, or do you want the guitar working already? You know what I mean, like. Uh, a louder guitar, more higher output. Which one would you prefer? Dude, I don't even know where to begin. I know, but, right? I know. But I definitely learned on a gig once that yeah. it's hard to switch from a Les Paul to a Strat <laughs> because like the pickups are so different. Yeah, yeah. So then you learn to get around that. Maybe I have a boost pedal for the Strat. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, for me, I do like a Stratocaster, like you're saying on Yeah. Where, yeah. We're at the coffee shop. And yeah, you're really loving the strap, but in the studio, yeah, Telecasters are great. It seems like the something about the studio, and it's you know proven itself over time too. I mean, so many iconic records were done with guys playing yeah. Telecasters. I mean, people play strats too, and a lot of records we love, people were playing strats like Hendrix, Curtis Mayfield, and different guys like that. But the Tele just yeah. sits in the track some kind of way with keyboards and. More stuff. It seems like the telly just some about that mid range just yeah. fits, fits right in there. So, and the strat sometimes gets a little. A strat can get weird if you put like a tube screamer on it and try and drive the tube screamer too hard, and it'll start to sound sort of like a beer commercial or something. You know, like <laughs> right. a kind of weird strat tone. You know, that's weird. So you really got to let a strat breathe. I think. Yeah, you know? I think you're right. Yeah, so. So yeah, I mean, we were talking about this, but it's kind of like you, I'll I'll do this this I go in this circle basically yeah. where I'll play this for a while and then yeah. I'll play something new. I'm like, oh, I love yeah, this. Yeah, I love it. I'm, yeah. And then you get then after a year of that, oh, I love this. Yeah. And then eventually you kind of come back to where you were and where you started seems new again. Yeah. <laughs> you come all the way back. And maybe it is in a way. Yeah, it is new because you're new. <laughs> it's in yeah. You know, like. I say I came up with this little saying like maybe a few weeks ago. It's like when I want to go out and make bacon, when I got to go out there and get the job done, you know, I was playing all these different guitars and I will always, I have a very nice Les Paul and I love that guitar. And for slow blues, there's nothing I've played that's better. But like the Strat is just home base. It's like you don't have to think about anything. You got one volume. You can darken it up. You can brighten it up. You can do all these different things, and you got three right. different pickups, and like what you know, three, four, five different sounds. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Now, do you plus I the tone controls? True, and I don't see a bar on your guitar today. Are you a bar player with the Strat usually? No, or? I mean I have 
I mean, there's, you know, Mark Letary from Snarky Puppy. I mean, yeah. that guy is Jeff Beck, of course, Mike Landau, <laughs> you know, all these guys are fantastic. So I just kind of find my little thing that's, yeah, I do. Maybe that's a little different. And, you know, because like Slide, people say, oh, do you play Slide? And I go, no, Dave Melton and, you know, different people play Slide and they're really good. And just in the. Trying to get my vibrato together and singing <laughs> on the note, you know. Oh, uh, because that's sort of different than my <laughs> idols too, you know. I mean, like Robin yeah. Ford. I think he done it more earlier in his career, but I think he kind of got more into sliding things more so than just you know. And I always yeah. thought Larry Carlton was more of the sing, you know, hold, hold on to the note kind of player. Yeah, you know. They're probably yeah. both gonna kill me, but no, no. <laughs> no I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sure. Like, you, Kirk, what are you talking about? I think no. I saw a picture of you with Larry Carlton. Oh, that guy, man, big, yeah. big influence. Oh you know? yeah, totally. And once again, like the harmonic uh, sophistication of his playing and how he plays over chord yeah. changes. I love the way <laughs> he does it, but I didn't. I just took my thing from Larry and Robin and those guys, and I didn't go down that road, you know, because. I just didn't hear it like that. I didn't feel like spending that much time on, you know, getting that together. Probably because I'm just lazy. No, no. Dude, I love what you do. And it's like Aww. just funny to hear you talking about, you know, this year, 2018. Yeah. You get my vibrato together. Like, what? Yeah. You, you know, like just, <laughs> you know, you hear singers and yeah, you yeah. just go, man, I want to just be able to speak with it. So uh, I was talking to our friend Josh Smith this oh, morning. yeah. Because you were coming over. I was like, what should I ask Kirk about? First of all, there's a great tune on his album, Over Your Head, called yeah. And What. Yeah. It's called And What, and you guys are trading off. Stratocaster with a wah-wah. <laughs> you both have wahs? Or? Yeah, I think we're both playing wah, yeah. It's cool. Say what, and what, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan, say what. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> And then I done um, a thing on my live record too. Um, ah, a blues. I think it was blues for Cleopatra or something like that. And I used a Wawa too. So we love the Wawa thing, you know, for shuffle. Yeah. Great. He said, "Jude, you got to ask him about Steven Seagal." Uh, <laughs> Have you played what? with Steven Seagal? No, I never did. I mean, he called me to do some gigs, but it never worked out. Of course, Josh would say something super bizarre. <laughs> what a I weird thing. <laughs> Ask somebody. <Yeah. laughs> I had his message. I had his message on my phone forever that oh. I played for people. Oh, yeah. What was that? Oh, just him asking about a gig. That's all. Nothing Nothing more than that. It was just cool to have Steve, Steven Seagal on your... Uh, <laughs> Messages. So you would know? you would you call up the people to hear that? No, I would like totally just play it for my friends and be like, dude, listen at this. He really called. That's crazy, right? It sounds like Steven Seagal. That was it. I mean, and other than that, I mean, um, I think Joe used a few of Albert King's guitars that were in his possession. And, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, he's it. a 
He's a blues guy. And I met him actually briefly at a like thing, Doheny Blues Fest, years and years ago. Maybe like yeah. 2000 or something. <laughs> so that's it, yeah. Now I've seen pictures of the Doheny Blues Fest. That looks oh, pretty yeah. impressive. That is my home away from home. I, you know, that was one of the first festivals I ever played under my own name. And I was like maybe 21 or 22. So I've grown with that festival and played there with the Fabulous Thunderbirds, Charlie Musselwhite, probably even Janova Magnus, maybe. And um, sat in and went, and, you know, I, it was crazy to do it. I'd done it like a couple of years ago under my own name with a trio, doing my own music and everything. And coming from the blues guy just coming on the scene to then, and I'd done a tribute to Prince, wow. What? You know, I done, I, like I was playing Lenny by Stevie Ray Vaughan and then I went into Purple Rain, you know? It was crazy and it was, it's like crazy, man. Because when I first played it, I was super traditional and only listened to like, Chicago. This is a whole nother story, but That's I went cool. through this whole thing of only playing, you know, like fifties and sixties era Chicago blues and jump blues and all that kind of stuff. And I, I even went so far as to sell every other CD that wasn't that because I had to cram like thirty years into a couple years to play with some of these guys that I played with. You know, I had to really know the language. It's almost like. Cram, you know, what if you want to play jazz with like Miles Davis or something, you know, in like three years? How would you go about that? You would have to like completely, you know, get rid of anything else and dedicate your whole life, morning, noon, and night, to playing jazz. You probably still wouldn't be able to play with Miles, so, but that's kind of what I done. So you're saying you know a lot of blues tunes now from those days? Well, or you just did. feels, tunes, what to play, when to play, how the, you know, and Junior Watson, Al Blake, and these guys um, were big. They were a big help because it, you know, to know what to look for in a rhythm section and know what's right to play with that music because blues. Kind of is simple. There might be three chords mostly, but it's all about feels. And it gets yeah. really in-depth and, you know, like sounding like a typical blues band that plays the same thing over and over again, which most people get bored of, and sounding like, oh, I got variations, you know. And blues music, I think for me, it's all about having different ways to approach one thing. You know, like you can... Like, say, for instance, I'm playing the shuffle. I might have 30 different ways I can play this one shuffle. You know what I mean? And that's what makes it more interesting, you know, if you're going to yeah. play blues all night. What are some different ways to play a shuffle? <laughs> I mean, well, well, you got to like a... Um, okay, one example would be to play like a kind of a swinging, you know, kind of... sort of a swing shuffle kind of thing right cool and then you got like all of the that's still a shuffle but it's totally different right i just I mean, love the way you play rhythm guitar i mean you just no. do rhythm guitar part there's so much feel in it 
And then you got like the kind of backing up a harmonica kind of. And you would still consider that a shuffle. Yeah. You know, or you got like, um, what was it? That's really just kind of if you're only playing one guitar, you're trying to cover both parts, backing up a harmonica on something, you know. Sweet. Or you got like uh, I don't know, I I can think of a million or more of like more of a country blues type. <laughs> I love that. Shuffle do that, do or that some more. Chicago backing up the harp. I mean, that's kind of my own. I've been, I haven't been playing that a lot lately, so I'm kind of. Dude, I'm just a fan. I'm just, a, I'm a music <laughs> fan enjoying some good music, hey, watching you play. That's, that's you know, right now. That's the way I feel. I'm in fan yeah. mode. What about jump blues? How does that oh, go? Oh yeah, well you got, you know, you can do this like thing where you go. Um, basically the feel of it but you can play like um um like you can play around with it and play like these little things you know like So how could you get bored? I can't I get enough. more guitar playing rhythm than I would soloing. You know, well, you make rhythm guitar so fun. Like, what's like some of that big band kind of stuff that you would? Oh yeah, do? like that. Uh, uh. <laughs> now see that that kind of stuff though. You have to really. Focus on the rhythm and the execution and the where it sits because it yeah. will sound really weird if you. <laughs> so you know, kind of, it's really behind the beat, you know. And right. I think that's really listening. You have to listen to like Count Basie, 
Louis yes. Prima. You know, Louis Prima actually is a really good person to listen to because most of that early stuff doesn't have guitar. So you can kind of play along with it and try and get it. Oh, yeah. You know, get the feel, get the rhythm of that, you know. What's a good song that? The Wildest. I mean, like, Jump Jiving Well. I mean, Brian Setzer. I mean. Yeah. You know, that's Louis Prima and Keely Smith were amazing. You know, that singer, uh, jump, swing, you know, old school. T-Bone Walker is pretty much, you know, ground level. I mean, you got to listen to his. You could just get the complete Imperial box set, you know. And it's pretty cheap, actually, online. And just have a feast (laughs) on that old school 40s West Coast blues. Although he is from Texas, but it's another story. And then, of course, I love this... uh... (laughs) You take oh, the yeah. index finger or one of your right you hand know, fingers. I actually. And you're kind of. Uh, that's so great. So, like a slow blues or something? If I were to play the bass or something? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that came from filling in, trying to fill up space, you know, when I'm playing with a guitar player or something like that, you know, just filling up space. <laughs> I love it. Well, I really appreciate you coming by, Kirk, and considering so how much, much family stuff that you're probably yeah. dealing with right now. And wow. um, I know you're probably coming back again next month, but yeah. you had to come out for this. Well, it, it was really nice to come here, Jude, and just kind of, you know, play some guitar and talk about some guitar stuff and talk about my dad and music. It's, it was great. So it's oh, good man. for the soul. I can't. I appreciate it so much, Kirk. <laughs> Thank you. You I are the it. man. You <laughs> are the man. <laughs> play something for your, for your pops on the way out? Sure. What, what do know. you want to play? I want to be a fly on the wall. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Steve uh, Ray Vaughan. You want to play? Yeah, you want to play a little uh, Lenny for us, or? Oh or, yeah, sure. We can play uh, Lenny. <laughs> Thank you. 
yeah, once again, thanks for coming out, Kirk. <laughs> Ladies Thank and gentlemen, you. the great Kirk Fletcher, back great on American control, soil. <laughs> Everybody, you know what to do. Keep it live to 95. Thanks to Zoom for the Zoom recorders that we use. <laughs> Absolutely. And thanks to Guitar Player Magazine and GuitarPlayer.com for making this happen. Check out Kirk's new album coming out. Self-titled. Self-titled. <laughs> Eponymous. Is that the word? <laughs> exactly. I just love every single note you played today, man. Thank you so much, Jude. I appreciate being here. If I was a billionaire, I would hire you to play guitar with me. <laughs> fade at that point.